0: Hey, whatever. Uh, this is episode 31 of this is not a rebuild, although plainly, while this podcast isn't one, the team it's about is headed back into one or something. Anyway, I guess I am Matt Trueblood. Uh, we are down a man like the Cubs bullpen tonight, but Mm. we'll soldier on and try not to, you know, squander a six, one lead with six outs left. Uh, for a setup work, I'm going to Tom Nurse. I hate off days, and we'll try to have Todd Trueblood close it down.
1: Yeah, I'm not much of a closer, nor are any Cub. That's yeah,
0: exactly. You that was just brutal did yesterday, fit in perfectly. Oof. I'm starting to get uh, and I think we already did him as a random Cub, so I don't need to sweat giving anything away. Uh, I'm getting big Kevin Gregg vibes off of Michael Fulmer.
2: It's just. <laughs>
0: This isn't – it's not starting well, and I don't think it's going to end well. And there might be blips in there where he looks effective because he's technically got fine stuff, but uh, that's not doing anything good. I don't know. The wheels are coming off, guys.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's exciting. The team's exciting because of the new blood coming in. Exciting to me anyway. Uh, I mean, the future looks bright, but um, the present, eh. And yeah, it's the bullpen. I mean, you got three studs in the starting rotation, and then they, at some point they have to turn it over, and that's when it gets ugly.
0: Yeah. And I, the bullpen feels like a huge deal right at this moment, as we come to you on Thursday night, about 24 hours removed from whatever that was to close <laughs> out the Houston series. Um, but it's... <laughs> I mean, it, unfortunately, it just, it goes a lot deeper right now. Uh, Dad and I were at a game on Saturday where they got shellacked by the twins. That wasn't on the bullpen, although the bullpen did a fine job making it worse. Uh, yeah, they did well. Then on Sunday, it was the same story. Um, but that's, again, the bullpen did exacerbate the issue, but uh, Hayden Westneski is now back in Iowa, and it looks like that might be the right call to let him figure out how he's going to uh, merge his his fastballs and his breaking stuff into something that's a little more deceptive. Uh, still all good stuff, and he's throwing enough strikes, but there's, there's a reason why even great prospects don't often pan out in the majors, and we're just seeing what the remaining steps are that Wisniewski needs to do. Well, on Sunday, uh, after a couple of starts that popped up some warning signs, Stro got rocked, too. Mm. So, yeah, he didn't look good. That leaves us without a lot to feel confident about. Um, although, as you said, Tom, you know, there were still bright spots this week, too. Uh, Saya and Christopher Morell leading the oh, way. Man. So I guess we we need to at least acknowledge those things, too, and the fact that it's just frustrating to be talking about, well, does the future look bright? I'm not, I don't want to look past the present. And I think there are a lot of people already sort of giving up on this season. That's wildly premature, but yeah. boy, the the weaknesses have become glaring in a hurry and I wish it were clearer exactly how they're going to shore them up.
2: Well, whoever wins um, whoever advances the playoffs from the central is going to have to win the division because um, of the other teams, the wildcard teams in the east and the west. But the Cubs are only a handful of games out, as is everyone else. In fact, the Cardinals are only, like, what, seven, eight
0: games out? Yeah, they it closed the entire gap that had had been created. Um, you know, the that's bus, the interesting... The bus crash when you need it. <laughs> <laughs> in the long run, I do think You know, the Mets, the Phillies, the Dodgers, the Padres, not so much the Dodgers because they're already playing well, but the Mets, the Phillies, the Padres, um, even the Diamondbacks who are already playing well. I think these teams are going to get it together and go on good runs. And yeah, it's going to be hard for a central team to stay with them in the wild card race. But the most frustrating thing is that none of those teams have found their traction yet. The Mets, I think, just crawled back above 500. The Phillies are below it. The Padres are below it. You've got this chance to stick right with them, too. And technically, I guess the Cubs are. They're only a half game behind San Diego. But, man, you needed to build a a slight cushion over those teams when they gave you an opportunity out of the gate like this. Um, Because that's, you know, what the National League is telling you this year is that it's going to be a bit of a muddle. And there's opportunities aplenty. And the inability to seize that is sure frustrating. We've talked before about the fact that up until almost forty years ago now, but the mid eighties, the trade deadline used to be June fifteenth. I don't know. My kids' (laughs) toys are crashing all around me. It's a great symbol for what's happening to the Cubs. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, But the trade deadline used to be June 15th instead of July Mm -hmm. 31st. I'm myself really pining for that right about now. Because the Cubs would love to make a move to improve this team right away. Not wait, because eh, we've talked about all the reasons (laughs) why that was different and better than this version of the game, too, where you would make trades to shore up weaknesses early in the season so that they didn't plague you throughout the year as opposed to spending the first three months determining whether you were a buyer or a seller and then just buying or selling. It didn't have to be that simple and that reductionist. This Cubs team shouldn't be that simple. They should be trying to shore up weaknesses, but you're not going to get anybody to talk to you about a significant trade right now. And the nature of... The new way of baseball thinking is also that you can't justify going out and set and buying being in a team who's adding talent when you're five games below 500 so they're really cornered right
2: yeah i suppose so. Yeah. That... go ahead tom no no go ahead no i i i suppose so i i guess i don't understand why i mean who 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 do you think it's early but who would be some of the prime players that we could dangle in front of the other teams and, and get something good back. I mean, Bellinger, maybe. Um, what about the kids, any of the kids? Right. I mean, it seems like if you're going to get something now would be the time, although I'd hate to see him be traded. Yeah. yeah I don't think thing. you trade I, I to wanna...
0: the... go ahead. Yeah. yeah.
2: You don't want to go. You don't want to go from what is
1: probably currently your strength uh, and, 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 and give it up for uh you know for a rent-a player, um that that kind of worries me. I don't you know not that they would. I don't know that they they would go to the point where they're trading off Mervis or or Morrell or or PCA or anybody like that. Um, but if they did, they'd have to get somebody that is majorly significant and uh, and, and here for more than the rest of the season. They've got to be here for a few years. But who is yeah. that? Is it Shohei? Maybe it's Shohei. Then then we can talk.
0: Uh, yeah, well, I don't think the Angels are anywhere near ready to give up on their season and, and talk about moving on from Shohei. So that's another right. part of the issue. But there are, um, I guess, to me, we want to wait and see because it's interesting, you know, starting tomorrow night, hopefully, fingers crossed, but from everything they've said so far, Nico Horner returns to the lineup tomorrow night. And that'll be our first chance to see Nico, morell, Mervis, uh, Dansby, Hap. Hopefully, Bellinger sounds like he's okay. Wow. And now we've got Saya heating up and being exactly. the Saya that we expected. That whole lineup is going to congeal for the first time this weekend. I don't necessarily see an urgent need to go and add to that. Certainly not at a major expense. And like you said, Tom, these last couple of rough starts notwithstanding, Strowman, Steele, uh Smiley just keeps doing awesome things. Um Kyle Hendricks is probably right around the corner. I think the rotation is this
2: weekend, isn't he?
0: I, yeah, well, it's it's not clear. I think they're going to skip the fifth rotation spot because they got an off day before this series and an off day after it. Um, and so they'll just cruise through with four. And it sounds like Hendricks will make his return next week. Um, But we'll, we'll see for sure. One way or another, the rotation's in decent shape. What I think they urgently need to do is improve the bullpen. And that's the kind of thing you could do, even at this early juncture, at a relatively low cost. They've got one of the cool things about this season is there's a whole bunch of guys doing interesting and sort of exciting things on the farm. But some of them are not like elite prospects, not people you actually expect to be great. You know, there's, you know, people who have increased their stock price, right? Now might be a good time to trade one or two of them for a reliever who's going to make an impact on this scattershot bullpen uh, throughout the rest of the year. Again, the problem is Nobody's taken those calls, even teams like the Royals who are already out of it and have a couple of bullpen pieces mm. that the Cubs would be interested in, you know, your scouts are all focused on the draft until the draft comes, which now is mid-July. It's not even mid-June. Um, it, it's just not, there's all these logistical hurdles to getting a deal done this early in the season, but now is when the Cubs need it. So that's the frustrating part. But at the same time, they've gone through this rough patch and it's easy in this moment to feel really down. Um, I think I was kind of joking at the front end of the podcast, but that's the tone of Cubs Twitter and the Cubs Internet right now. And I get it. But they've been worse than this, even in seasons where they turned out to be good. I don't remember what their record through 43 games in 2007 was, but it was not better than 19 and 24. Um, and there's talent here and we're starting to see guys round into form. I really don't think like, I don't think this is a blip of a hot streak for Seiya Suzuki. I think Seiya finally got his timing and sort of figured out what he needs to look for and in which counts he needs to look for it. And I'm not saying he's going to be a super duper star the rest of the way, but I think the cleanup hitters there now, um, I'll be so, happy with 280. Yeah. I, I just want what they have to be supplemented by what is clearly missing. Um, But unfortunately, it's, it's a hard thing to do at this moment. They're going to have to keep sort of churning guys from Iowa. Maybe, you know, they had Jeremiah Estrada warming up in the bottom of the ninth last night, mm. but instead it went Keegan Thompson and Brandon Hughes. And, they need to be able to rely on those two guys. If if Thompson and Hughes are both going to be bad, they're screwed anyway. But it somebody might should be tell nice them to... that
1: they should throw overhand. <laughs> it's not, not a soft, a... slow pitch softball game. But just serve I mean, them up and let them hit.
0: Keegan has got it. He's just got to stop. I mean, he's he's got good stuff, but his stuff is not above average for a major league reliever. So he's got to stop. Just like throwing it down the middle on the first pitch all the time. Um, I don't know. And the Cubs do this too much as a team. Like they throw too many first pitch fastballs for strikes, which I know Steve stone in the mid nineties was on broadcast telling you, you can't throw too many first pitch fastballs for strikes. Strike one is everything that was then. This is now you get punished when you do that. And the Cubs are running into that right now. Um,
1: yeah, Estrada,
0: there were two different moments in this Astros series where I thought you got to give Jeremiah Estrada a shot. He's got high leverage stuff. He hasn't necessarily translated it to dominance when he's gotten looks, but he's gotten really few actual chances with the big league team. You got to give him a chance. And Ross has not done it yet. Pretty soon that's got to happen because you got to start figuring out who's going to work for you and who's not. So you can keep churning through options and hopefully add someone that you really trust sooner than later.
1: To to jump on the, on the beat the crap out of David Ross bandwagon that Matt started. Um, <laughs> I, I, this is where I would see that he is maybe not the strongest manager and that he doesn't take those chances and and with the team that it has why not why not throw somebody out there and see what the hell they can do
0: you've really got to earn ross's trust um and that goes for everyone on the roster and Yeah, it's not... which is
1: a very conservative stance and and with the team that he has i don't know that that's necessarily the way that he should go i mean if he had the 27 yankees then yeah be conservative but
0: i agree because i i think he sort of defaults to giving that trust to veterans like Hosmer and Mancini and mm-hmm. to, you know, but like uh, a couple of years ago, and even kind of about this time and into June of last year, Justin Steele was having these starts where he'd, he'd have not allowed, maybe he'd allowed like one run through four and a third, but he put a couple runners on and Ross would hook him uh, because David Ross isn't going to trust you till you show him that you can do something, but at the same time, you—he's got to give you the chance before you can show him, right? Like how how can you show him something if he doesn't give you a chance to work through it and fail a time or two? Wes Nesky actually ran into that. Uh, not this last start because it was it was out of control before anything could happen, but his previous couple, Ross had sort of lifted him earlier than I would have liked because he didn't get to show us whether or not he could work through a tricky situation. It's the same way with the relievers and he's defaulting to guys like Fulmer, to Keegan Thompson because Keegan earned his trust last year, to Brad Boxberger because Boxberger's got a track record, and not to guys like Estrada, which is perfectly understandable, but like you said, it, it just doesn't fit the identity of this team where the talent and the upside is. And the fact that they need, they need to hit the upside. Like their median outcome. Isn't going to be playoff caliber. They need to to take a few more chances than he seems to be willing to take. Mm. Well, who's next? I think we're taking on the
2: Mets and then we're home against uh, whom? home. Do you guys know?
0: Well, it's the Phillies this weekend and then it's home against the Mets.
2: Oh, it's the Phillies. next. So, okay. Yeah. That's right. It's a,
0: it's a tough stretch of schedule because I think right after the Mets, they play the Rays too. So there's not easy baseball coming up. That's, we talked last week about how you missed the opportunity to pile up wins against the bad teams. All the bad teams are gone for a little bit now. There's, there's a, they're in the middle of a big test. And so far, they're obviously flunking it miserably. Um, but hope they have time to redeem that too. It's just, I want to see what this offense works like with Horner back in the mix because losing him really seemed to sort of deflate and de energize them, at least for a beat. Now, Christopher Morrell and uh, Hot Saya are reinfusing it. So you link all of those guys together and it could be really cool. It's going to be funky to see how you know, how you squeeze in Morell's bat now that Horner's back, because it's one fewer spot that he can play that is available in the lineup. Uh, I I sort of just want to see D.H. Christopher Morell every day this weekend, but I don't know that we're going to get that. I think I think he might ride the bench a time or two, or um, I don't know.
1: Well, obviously they need some pitching help. Um and i don't i don't know where it's going to come from but we'll we'll see how it goes
0: yeah it's funny when you have a team that's kind of built more around defense than pitching when it comes to run prevention and obviously pitching has to be the greater share of of the actual run prevention yep but the cubs lean further toward fielders as opposed to pitchers than almost any other team in the league in terms of being good at run prevention it feels like that's more fragile. And I guess that makes sense. You know, if you just have a bunch of guys who come in and strike out 30% of the opposing lineup, that can be pretty consistent, but there are just times when, even though I know there are good defenders out there and they make some impressive plays, then there will be other moments where a ball falls in just because even Superman, you know, Ozzy Smith with a, Rocket Booster on his ass couldn't have gotten to this this ball because it was just placed perfectly, and now you're in trouble. You know, there's suddenly a jam happening. So, I don't know. Maybe we're just seeing a not even a fault, but a, the natural vagaries of this roster construction. But mm-hmm. it's frustrating because what we were saying even a week ago was, gosh, the lineup's got to be better, and they do it's not like they racked up runs this this week even with some homers and some exciting moments but you thought the run prevention was going to be fine and then over the last week it has not been fine and if that's not fine then this team doesn't do anything well so that's scary
2: i'm more vested in this team than i have been in a cubs team this decade Uh, i really like this team i'm excited And I'm not joking, off days just kind of get me down, you know. It's like, yeah, they've been losing, 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 but ah, they're not playing today, you know. I know. Yeah, no chance to bounce back. What's that?
1: No chance to bounce back if they're not playing. Exactly.
0: (laughs) And it has that that feeling of I don't know, it's it just feels more important. Like every player has a little bit more of our emotional investment or the organizational's organization's actual investment then like you know we could convince ourselves that frank schwindel was fun um but everyone knew frank schwindel was a 30 year old journeyman who would never played before and was never going to come anywhere close to you know actually mattering to the long-term future of the cubs it's not true of christopher morrell or matt mervis or um Even Cody Bellinger, in a weird way. He's probably only here for one year, but they spent 17 million on him. And, you know, the idea behind that is that they're going to contend. And then, even if they don't contend, he's got to be good because then a bunch of interesting trade scenarios open up. So, like, everything feels higher stakes and not in a bad way. You know, sometimes that just makes you sort of feel nervous. But to me, it's exciting. Every guy has his own dimensions and sort of facets of of value and uh, uncertainty and all of that and it's fun I just wish I had even an inkling of how it all will come together you know the story of the season is so opaque even more than a quarter in Uh, that part's a little uncomfortable
1: Well, I think what they need is Mark Guthrie.
0: (laughs) Famous, famous number 31 for the Cubs. Yes, yes. He
1: wore number 31 in 2003. Um, Although I would probably refer to this as the uh, Donovan Osborne uh, episode only because I'm pretty sure that Donovan Osborne was a character that John Wayne played in the 70s or 60s sometime. Yeah. but no, obviously it's it's uh, it's Greg Jenkins or Fergie Maddox, uh, you know, and strangely, I, I hadn't really put it together before that they both uh, wore number 31 for the Cubs. Um, one, is it, one is a Hall of Famer and the other will be correct. I got this wrong with uh, with Holtzman last week, but Fergie's a, a Hall of Famer. Um, Maddox will be.
0: Oh, He's Maddox already. has been. Yeah, for a long time. He, he they okay. saw him get inducted. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, but they both had two stints with the Cubs. Uh, oh, that's you know, interesting. They had, yeah. Yeah. They had their primary stint and then came back for, uh, you know, a farewell tour.
2: Well, I think the Cubs have two numbers that are shared, uh, that are retired. They're shared by two players. Really? What's the other? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for a little bit of help. Now, I could be wrong about that.
0: I'm well, pretty sure it's only 31 right now. Yeah. I've made the case before that I think eventually two more will be uh retired for two different players.
1: Oh yeah. Kerry Wood and uh Kerry Wood guy. and John Lester. Lester, yeah.
0: Oh Lester. And Mark Grace and Chris Bryant. Oh, you think Bryant will? Not by himself, he wouldn't be. But dude won it, an MVP award. And should have won the World Series MVP. That can be a conversation for another time. But uh, he was everything to that team, yeah, and that true. team is everything to this fan base. And played six full seasons. Was a great player. And you wouldn't retire the jersey for him by himself, but when you combine it with what Mark Grace did wearing right. the same number, right?
1: Yeah,
0: it's just weird to have anyone else wear seventeen, and really to wear 34 either so and brian I, does a hell of a job on the dairy queen commercial so
1: <laughs> call back from a past episode
0: he's just a very have you have you guys seen his numbers at all uh yeah still i mean he's
2: hitting con- high average not a lot of power right It's of course none of the rockies have much power it's kind of weird
0: i <laughs> just think he's uh this is going to be him for the rest of his career I, I don't think he's going to be Healthy enough, often enough to hit for much power, but that dude can sit in course field and hit three hundred, even when he's only playing at sixty percent for the next five years. Um, he still won't have enough overall playing time to rack up an impressive number of career hits. I think he just knocked past fifteen hundred. Um, he's been around that long What's earlier mean? this year. Wow, or not fifteen hundred, a thousand.
2: It must um, be a thousand, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he just crossed that seemingly, you know, unimpressive threshold. But I think he's he's just that's going to be Chris. Uh, and I the fact that he was willing to sign with the Rockies is reflective of his personality. He's it's not that he doesn't care about winning, but he's just a content sort of guy. So he's gonna hit. I really think he could just hit 300 for the next five years, although it's going to be in 300 plate appearances a couple of those years. So
2: And and playing uh, right field or or wherever. He's probably done for the infield.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, they signed him to be a left fielder, even though he'd played third base all throughout 2021. And now this year, because they signed Juricks and Profar, like two days after opening day, Bryant just quietly slid across to right field. He's... He's going to be a first baseman in a year or two. I don't wow. know. Wow. I can't wait, though, because one of these years, you know, he's going to stay just healthy enough. And maybe Luis Sarai is, is hurt that year or something. He's going to win one of those Coors batting titles that, like, every player wins at the end of their career. You just get <laughs> one on your way out. It's it's like a gold watch. Michael Kadire, Justin Morneau. <laughs> you know, you just get a Rockies batting title for playing in Coors. Sure. Uh, Chris is going to win one of those. I feel short of it. Um so good for him, I guess. Uh yeah, 31 is a good number in Cubs history, and then there's Mark Guthrie. I <laughs> I think he was a random cub too. So, while we're on the topic. I think he was, yes. Why don't I offer you guys the one that I brought for this week? All right, oh. Todd, it's
1: just me and Here you. we go. Mono Emano, yeah. oh. whatever it is.
0: And honestly, this guy is of the era that DJ might have been able to help. So you guys will have to put uh, yourselves in a young person's, youngish person's mindset. But this yeah, guy. I don't was think a I cub. can do that anymore. <laughs> he was a Cub from 2010 to 2012. He played in 192 games as a left handed hitting, mostly second baseman, a little bit of utility around the diamond.
1: Mickey Morandini. No. Anyway
0: about about 15 years too late for that.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: 192 games, 9 home runs, batted 251 298 381. Uh 5'11, 195, just a sort of standard issue. He played parts of three seasons. Uh was acquired at the 2010 trade deadline and was gone by the middle of 2012 basically. In between, he did have uh, when the Cubs were trying very much in vain to contend in 2011, the last year of the Hendry cycle, when he just sort of tried to bootstrap his way to a a competitive team. In the second game of the season, this guy stepped up and hit a two-run double uh, late in the game to give the Cubs a home win. That was like the only moment before everything started to come unglued like by game 5 they'd lost two starters to injury and all the wheels had come off but this guy was was part of the scrappy group that was going to make the 2011 cubs decent
2: okay uh, dj lemehu <laughs>
1: no yeah. he's bigger than that I think and you said this is a little guy DJ, DJ
0: LeMay he was a big dude this guy not little exactly but 5'11", 195 lefty hitter war number 9 if that helps dad number 9 Tyler Cole number nine. Nine. they got hmm. him he was the the main piece in the Ted Lilly, Ryan Terrio trade. Those two went to the Dodgers. They got this guy and a couple of other forgettable pieces back. He was sort of uh, Zach McKinstry before there was Zach McKinstry. Oh,
1: is it? uh, No, it's too, it's too early or he's, this is too late for that guy.
2: Um. Wow, infielder, right? Infielder. It's uh Brian
0: Lacock LaHare It is not Brian Lahaire.
1: Oh, that's a good was, one though. He was
0: a first baseman. Here, wait, LaHare
1: was a first baseman. This guy's yeah, this middle guy middle infielder or third base, second base.
0: Played a little bit of left field. Decent Ooh. pinch hitter. Uh, Mike Quade, especially who took over just oh, a couple yeah. days after this guy arrived and was the manager all throughout 2011, really loved him as a pinch hitter.
1: I get uh, the speedy center fielder guy in my head. Oh, Campania, yeah, not he didn't play second, no, okay, no. he didn't play infield.
2: Um, hmm. Wow. Left hander. Left handed hitter? Left handed hitter. Wait, left handed infielder? No. He was a, no, he was no. a
0: righty thrower. Left-hander. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm, wow. Another hint his okay. his last name would absolutely scream at you that he was connected to a, a notable baseball family. But by every indication I can find, he is not.
2: Wow, Lou? Um Maze, no. <laughs> uh uh who uh, oh, oh what's the uh yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Who? No, that's Woo. an
1: outfield outfield family though. Um
0: uh, ah, it, it it's an even uh trickier thing because he's from Missouri where this family is most baseball notable. But again, he's not actually connected to them.
1: That's weird. No,
0: no, that's for a fielder. uh, You guys are stumped. I fully. Ian Stewart. For the first time. You
1: don't
2: (laughs) even. Don't say those words. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about bad old days. Uh, Uh, Hamina Hamina Hamina. Reed Johnson. Um, um, I don't know. Gosh. A, a, a lefty hitting, right throwing, smallish middle Oh,
1: oh, oh. It's Who? it's uh it's uh oh crap. It's um oh, it's um can he pull it out? Damn it. It's the uh
2: the fielding streak kid. Oh, Barwin Darney. Darwin Darney. Darwin Darney. No, but Bar- it's no, not Bar- him. Darwin Barney. Not Darwin Bar- no. Barney. It's not No, It's not. That's too Fontno. Was... Fontno would have been good. That's a good Fontenot guess. Was earlier though,
0: I think Fontno was, was earlier, and in my opinion, not random enough. You guys would have gotten him really fast. The numbers were kind of impressive. And by the way, another quasi-notable seventeen from the inter Grace Bryant period. Yeah, I,
1: I like that kid.
0: The name we were looking for is Blake DeWitt. Holy crap. I don't yeah. think I've ever heard
2: of him. <laughs> now come on. Where was I for That's... three years? Blake no one was DeWitt. looking for that name. What are you wow. talking about? <laughs> that was brutal, Matt. Blake DeWitt.
0: That 477 was 477 plate appearances over parts of three seasons. You guys have zero memory of
2: it. I, I do not remember that name at all. Wow. No. That family you were talking about—they don't remember him. <laughs> and and who are the who's baseball royalty named Dewitt? There's yeah. Dewitt from Three's Steve. Company, but
0: <laughs> 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 I like the that Bill tunnel. Dewitt, That's who awesome. <laughs> long owned the Reds, and the Dewitt son, who now owns the Cardinals and has for years. Okay. Okay. okay.
1: There's like seven people on the planet that know that Matt and you're. No, you're, come on. The Dewitts are, are of,
0: baseball royalty. That's not a. The freak. Dewitt, yeah. The Dewitts
1: don't even know that they're baseball royalty. <laughs> well, I was GM. I didn't know that. I, but to, well. that, but as of just a few minutes ago, this is now the Joyce Dewitt episode. This is not okay. I'm sorry, Fergie. I'm sorry,
2: Maddox. I know you guys. <sighs> it's bound to happen that her name well. would come up. So Joyce DeWitt It, has it only over. took us 30 some odd episodes But there she is Yes and you know That was the 70s, 80s maybe But uh I have
1: I could picture Joyce DeWitt I cannot picture Blake DeWitt I cannot DeWitt. even
0: I will say That's I his... mean Blake is uh, He had a forgettable face is a forgettable batting line it, Again very much like Zach McKinstry They got him in his mid 20s there was some hope that you know this guy has he can field a little bit he can hit a little bit. There wasn't room for him on the Dodgers, but there might just be room for him on the Cubs, uh, and he could fill a valuable super utility role. And then a little bit of couldn't stay healthy, a little bit it wasn't the hitter they had hoped he would be, and he just sort of fizzled. The Cubs were the team well he got a little more playing time with the Dodgers before arriving than he did with the Cubs. But after leaving the Cubs, he was virtually done in the majors. So
1: Blake DeWitt. Okay. Well, Blake bless you. Hey, you, you hardly did, do. Hey,
2: all right. And can you, we crank out these last two segments in two minutes? That's the question.
0: That's it's a speed run. Let's do okay. it. Okay.
2: I'll, I'll get started here. So uh this should be quick. Uh, you probably remember as a youth when you go to the ballpark and it's rained out. How yeah. disappointing is that? Well, yeah. on August twelfth, nineteen ninety, at Comiskey Park, um, they made the fans wait seven hours and twenty three minutes. The game was supposed to start at 1.35 one, 1 thirty five, and at nine o five p.m. they called it. So <laughs> Holy fans God. waited for seven and a half. Oh. Thirty oh, thousand people, three thousand tickets were told where tickets were sold for the game, and. They've estimated about 200 people stuck it out for the seven and a half hours. It's only oh going oh, All
1: right, that's Todd terrible. Hit us. Okay, so real quick, Carpinus caroliniana. God uh, bless you. Oh yes. <laughs> uh,
0: Back also, the Blake Dewitt in 2011.
1: <laughs> also called occasionally uh, ironwood, uh, usually called the American hornbeam. I like to call it muscle wood because it's got an it's got a a very interesting uh, trunk and uh, in, in wood and bark. It looks like if you strip the skin off of a mussel, uh, it that's what it that's what this this wood looks like. Uh, excellent tree. Um, again, native to the Upper Midwest. Uh, does really well. I just planted three of them last fall in honor of each of my children. Um, it's a great tree. Uh, gets probably up into the 25 30 or foot range um, it's got a decent fall color and the, the nice thing is that the, the biggest uh, I guess draw for this particular plant is the size and shape of it and the uh, in the, the the wood the the trunk the muscle wood it's very cool
0: I agree it is a cool tree and uh, with that we're gonna close it out. This is, this is not a rebuild, as we said at the front of the show. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Not A Rebuild. Subscribe to the show, rate, review, let us know what you think, what you'd like to hear, <clears throat> excuse me, what you'd like to hear more or less of. And let's hope that in the coming week we see a little more muscle from the wood of the Cubs lineup.